Is November a government ploy to stop Halloween and Christmas combining into a mega holiday that destroys the earth? No. Hey guys, it's Kit here. Well, as it happens, there was an issue with Rory's mic on this recording, so uh, it's not going to sound quite as professional as usual, but do not be discouraged. It will be back to normal after next week. Sit tight, strap yourselves in, and enjoy this paranormal life. Do elephants remember everything because they're actually giant walking hard drives? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life. Welcome back to the podcast. It is yet another Tuesday with yet another paranormal case ready to be busted wide open. Exactly. Everyone's favorite day of the week, Tuesday. You know who's tuning in today? The Dalai Lama, uh, ex-president Obama. Current president Trump. Ex-president George W. (laughs) Junior and senior. Of course. You know the red phone that they have? Uh, in the the White House. Yes, that's me. That's my phone. <laughs> I am your host today, Mr. Kit Greer, joined by my professional investigator co-host, Mr. Yeah. Roy Powers. I am a professional paranormal investigator. Ask me how many times I've seen Bigfoot. How many times? Not seen yet. Bigfoot? Not yet. But I'm still hunting. That's why I'm a paranormal investigator. I'm still investigating. If I'd seen him, I can stop. If I'd seen him, I would have retired. Exactly. <laughs> Anyway, This Paranormal Life is the only podcast where every week we dissect a different paranormal tale, claim, or case, and we get to the bottom of it to work out whether it is true or whether it is false. Mm-hmm. What do you got for us today, kids? A pretty sober one. Oh. <laughs> uh, we'll just jump right in. Let's do it. The year is 1959. Recent. Igor... I mean, relatively, I suppose. <laughs> I'm a little worried you started with that recent a year, and then the first word you're going to say is Igor. But well, you know about Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of people are called Igor where this is set. Right. In Frankenstein's hometown. Frankenstein's castle. <laughs> Igor is stepping off the train into Ivdel, a Siberian town in what was then the Soviet Union. Okay. It's very far north and extremely cold. Perfect conditions, he thought to himself. He's brought nine friends on this journey. Seven guys, two girls. Igor's the leader. (laughs) Sexist pig. (laughs) Asshat. Unlike this podcast. Yeah. Known for it. Yeah. Ratios off a bit. Should have been all dudes. (laughs) All dudes. What are chicks doing on a guy's trip to Siberia? That's the only paranormal thing about this trip. (laughs) That we're missing two dicks. (laughs) Two dicks short of a party. If you're a female who listens to this podcast, I apologize. I'm really sorry. So we're cutting that joke previous, yes? (laughs) Uh, Igor is the leader of this group. At just 23 years old, they're all students at Ural Federal University. Cool. They've come to Ivdel on an expedition of sorts. Everyone in the group is an expert skier with the highest certification available in the Soviet Union at the time. It required over 300 kilometers of hiking and skiing. At 23? Damn. At 23. Igor? Absolutely, he's, a an, beast. he's an outdoorsman. Yeah. Nothing like freaking podcasting young men of today. <laughs> barely skied 10 kilometers. I can barely walk. <laughs> you ever heard of a mobility scooter? <laughs> they were taking time off university to embark on an ambitious hike, trekking many miles across the Siberian wilderness to a mountain called Otorten. Okay. How much are like Russian... Place names just like you hear it and you're like, fine. 
I'll go with that. Yeah, like, I like. I don't want to be just. You could have said anything. I could have said anything. Could've I could have like, said foreign... Toto's Africa. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I guess that's probably a town somewhere in the world. It's so true. Yeah, like Mount Hokey Pokey. And I'd be like <laughs> the Mount Hokey Pokey. <laughs> I'm honored. <laughs> so the legends are true. <laughs> with spirits high, they took a truck to Viz High. Again, that's probably like Russian for McDonald's or something. <laughs> Uh, the most northerly settlement in the region. That was as far as the road could take them. They found somewhere in town to buy loaves of bread. They split them between them to keep their energy up before going to sleep that night to rest up before their big expedition. What are they, peasants? It's 1959 in Siberia. What do you want them to do? Buy a chocolate bar or something. I don't know. Splitting loaves of bread? Like they're freaking biblical? I think... I might actually just for the sake of the podcast, I'll like look up what does Viz High look like? Right. To give us a picture. It is a McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. They split a fish fillet <laughs> before trekking the dangerous mountain. They split a single hash brown <laughs> from, the, from the breakfast menu. <laughs> One of them was a student and got a free McFlurry. <laughs> but the icy weather was cold enough. Igor forgot his student card, so had to settle for a double cheeseburger. The toy adventure time. But the meal was the only thing that would be happy on this journey. <laughs> the fries, salty and sour. Much like his compatriots on this trip. <laughs> Much like the soon-to-be <laughs> produced Igor's tears. <laughs> the pickles! Nowhere to be seen like the bodies of Igor's group. Ronald himself would frown upon- Okay, Kit, please. So what's the name of this town? Vizhai. All right, I'm looking at a picture of Vizhai. I see three houses. <laughs> I now understand House why. is a strong word for what those are. I mean, one of them does have the golden M <laughs> hovering above it. Uh, <laughs> the frickin' arches are everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like cabins, essentially four cabins. Uh, splitting the bread at this point. It's very much an outpost. Right, yeah. Get some red dead. It's very marks. much where criminals go to die, <laughs> I would say. On the morning of January 27th, they set off towards Otorton, the mountain at the end of their road. Things were going well, but one member of the group, Yuri Yurdin, was struggling. He suffered from a heart defect and rheumatism. Why is he going on a goddamn map, like, <laughs> treacherous <Siberian>. mountain trek? <laughs> So ambitious. I know. <laughs> Guys, I swear. <laughs> I can make I can make the expedition team. He's in like three crutches somehow. Yeah. Yuri, I don't think this is the he's blind and deaf. Yeah. Like Yuri, I don't know how to break this to you, man. You can't hear them. What? Yeah. Fine. I can make it. I just have to look past my disabilities and crippling fear of mountains <laughs> and snow. <laughs> Say fellas, why are we so cold? No one tell him. <laughs> He's in board shorts and flip-flops. <laughs> when are we hitting the beach, guys? The joint pain that his, his afflictions caused him was making the journey unbearable. That <laughs> <laughs> group. Don't let him sign up for the group. That's so bad. He sounds like he doesn't want to be there. Maybe it was... Split him some more bread. <laughs> let him stay in the fucking McDonald's. Maybe it was one of those things. It's like when someone just won't take no for an answer. You're like, fine. Come to the Siberian wilderness and see what you think. Yeah. Three steps in. He's like, guys. 
I actually want to freaking go back to McDonald's, I think. <laughs> the coffee's hot and the ice cream's cold. He really has it all. <laughs> he sadly had to say goodbye to the group to return back to Vizhai and then on home. Okay. He left the other nine to continue their adventure unabated. All right, fair play. A couple days of trekking went by and the weather started to take an unexpected turn. The snow was getting thicker and thicker. They didn't expect it. The visibility was just getting worse and worse. They got lost and turned slightly west, off track. This took them up a mountain known as Kolat Sakal. In a language called Mansi, that translates roughly to Dead Mountain. Jesus! Not Death Mountain, Dead Mountain. Right. When they realized they'd gone wrong, they decided to wait out the weather and camped on the side of the mountain. At this point, Yudin, who had left the group, was back at Vizhai and making his way home. It's February 12th at this point, and the guys at the sports club back at the university that Igor and his friends are members of are expecting a telegram from Igor at any minute telling them he's on the way back. Well, February 12th comes to an end, and there's still no telegram. What gives? Yudin reveals that Igor did tell him on the beginning of the expedition that they might be delayed. It was common enough at that time. There wasn't much communication. Expeditions frequently got delayed. It's fine. Yeah. They might get delayed Don't worry by about a few it. days. Last I saw, they were headed up um, just by Death Mountain. Yeah. In between Suicide Hill and Razor Ridge. <laughs> so <laughs> they had like three frozen Big Macs apiece between <laughs> them. So uh, it was fine. It'll be a while before they have to start eating each other. It is, no, no worries. It's fine. Uh, I didn't kill them, if that's what you're wondering. <laughs> Why do you have seven watches, Yuri? <laughs> is that a necklace of teeth? Did you I had that before that? I went on the hike. My hip hurts, I have to leave. <laughs> Mobility scooters out of there. <laughs> well, more days passed. And every day that went by, people were getting more and more uncomfortable with what had happened. Where the hell is Igor? Why hasn't he contacted? Is he okay? By the 20th, the families of the students with Igor are demanding a search and rescue operation. It's not okay. Volunteers, students and teachers suited up and headed north. First to Vizhai, then on into the wilderness. They journeyed north, retracing the footsteps of Igor and his friends. But as days went by, the search got more and more desperate. The army was eventually called in. Helicopters are scouring the wilderness and the surrounding mountains. Because these are pr presumably some snowy-ass mountains. It's so some, this is hectic snow. They've been gone for long enough that trails are covered. Bodies, possibly, are covered. You know, you're dealing with some, some treacherous situations up there. Absolutely. Happy Meal toys, six to seven foot deep <laughs> yeah. at that point. Yeah, Almost they're going to be hard untraceable. to I'm not going to say I have a lot of experience in those weather conditions. Um... But uh, 27 years old this year, in July, yeah. um, I've made, in my winters, maybe six snowmen. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I understand how difficult the snow can be to hold, to mold. Yeah. Um, to to uh, successfully place a carrot within the snow. Yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes your hands go, like, red. And numb. And it's quite we hard to move them because it's very cold. <laughs> right, and you need cocoa, hot cocoa by mummy. To make yeah. your hands heat up a little bit. And that's difficult. That yeah. is difficult. And sometimes she doesn't have marshmallows and you just have to throw a, a bit of rage. Yeah. 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 And um, inevitably smash Snowman's head in and say, is uh -huh. this what you wanted, Mummy? Uh -huh. Snowman's uh -huh. dead now. Mummy's crying of you. at that point. Mummy's crying because yeah. Snowman's nickname for my brother. Um, 
who died in winter. Yeah. So it's it's a bit of a sad sad trek down memory. So snow is difficult. Snow can be tough. I feel like that was quite a circuitous um, story hmm? to kind of talk about the death of your uh, of your who <laughs> snowman <laughs> Frosty, my brother. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? Why are you being so weird all of a sudden? I killed my brother. Is what I was alluding to. I thought we moved on, but uh, you won't actually bring it back. No, it's, yeah, fine. you're right. Let's get on. Let's move on. So you, I mean, this is quite a big thing to kind of try and move I past. I said, let's move on. You did admit to murder. Right. Yeah. Briefly though. <laughs> you can't, I mean, it doesn't really matter how long or how short it takes you to talk about murdering someone. It's still a, uh, I could commit murder illegal. quicker than you could say it. And I admitted to it quicker than you could do it. So think about that for a half It's not a challenge. Five uh, seconds, I'll kill five people. Please Six don't. for every more second you give me. How's that for a challenge? Please don't. I'm begging you to not do that. It's too late. Oh my god, he's ducked the street. Holy shit. Ah! He's knocking on doors. Ah! Oh my god. Pete, stay in your homes, people. <laughs> Where's the snowman? Brother! <laughs> so sorry for that. <clears throat> Cut in the podcast, guys. I've got Rory has a hot cocoa in his hand. He's on back on the sofa. I think we're back to the episode. It's six years later. I'm on parole. <laughs> we're gonna finish the episode. We managed to get him out of prison and into a mental institution, right. and out in the weekends long enough to record this podcast. Any so. beeps you hear is my ankle tag, but we'll try and cut those in the edit. Well, on February 26th, weeks after Igor first set foot into the snow, the volunteer rescue team found Dead Mountain and found everything they had been looking for. Oh God. Mikhail Sharavin was a student volunteer who first spotted the campsite. He spotted a tent, half torn down and covered with snow. It was empty, but something wasn't right. No one remained in the tent, but all of their possessions were still inside. Shoes, clothes, everything. Okay. More bizarre and disturbing, the tent hadn't just been left, it was cut open with a knife, inside Jesus. out. Okay. Nine sets of footprints radiated out of the tent into the surrounding snow. Footprints made by people in socks, in like one shoe, and even barefoot, were scattered around the site, leading in a path down the mountain towards a forest. At the edge of the path, in this wooded area, the team found evidence of a small fire, and beside it, two of the group, dead in the snow, only in their underwear. Jeez. There were broken branches about five meters above the fire, indicating that they tried to climb a tree and try and look at the surrounding area and maybe try and find their way back to the camp. Right. It was roughly minus 25 degrees oh my when God. they left the tent. Can't have lasted long. Between the wood and the camp, they found three more bodies spaced 300 meters away from the camp, 400 and then 600 meters away. One was Igor. Igor's last name was Dyatlov, and oh. this story came to be known as the Dyatlov Pass incident. Little side note. Cool. Their bodies were posed like they were trying to get back to the tent. The other four were harder to find. Months later, they were found by rescue dogs, right. buried under like five meters of snow. Oh my God. Two of the bodies were dressed partially in the clothes of their friends that died before them. They were they couldn't find their way back to the camp and they were struggling to stay warm. 
Medical examinations of the bodies revealed no fatal injuries on some of them. However, others were devastated. Cracked skulls, severe head trauma, major chest fractures. One doctor said the pressure required for these injuries was like a car crash. And despite these injuries, they showed no outward signs of harm, except for one body, which was missing her tongue, eyes, and lips. Jesus. Experts disagreed over whether this was due to the body disintegrating or not. <laughs> disintegrating. Like... What the hell's going on here, Kit? <laughs> uh, I think there was some talk of like I I don't know like the but that body was maybe found face down in the snow and in there, acid. <laughs> there was no sign of struggle with any of the bodies. There was no sign of struggle with the footprints or any of the bodies whatsoever. Weirdly, they had only died six to eight hours after the last meal, so this wasn't even like. They ran out of supplies and died. Something right. happened and they were forced into the wilderness and died. Because there was no guilty party, the case files were committed to a secret archive and have only been made available since the 90s. Everything after the facts I've just told you is pure speculation. What could possibly have happened to them? The official Soviet investigator into the tragedy, Lev Ivanov, concluded in his report that all nine deaths had been caused by what he described as an unknown elemental force with which they were unable to overcome. Ooh, spooky. Privately, he told people they'd been killed by aliens. <laughs> but he had to tone it down a bit for the press. Of course, yeah, yeah. And that's where the official investigations ended. Terrible investigation. <laughs> really abysmal. It was either a force of nature or aliens. Case closed. I don't know. What, I could tell you that. What do you do, I guess, if people just mysteriously die? I don't know. Although this is weird. Access to the entire area was sealed off from prying eyes for the next four years, by which time the authorities believe this incident would have disappeared off the radar as many strange happenings did in the Soviet Empire. Hmm. In such a remote location, one unlikely clue came as a report from perhaps the people closest to the site at the time of the incident, there was another group of hikers about 50 kilometers south of the incident. They reported that they saw strange orange spheres in the night sky to the north on the night of the incident. So aliens. Basically. <laughs> Similar spheres were observed in Ivdel and adjacent areas continually during the period from February to March 1959 by various independent witnesses, including the Meteorological Service and the military. So those are the months after this event happened, there were these sightings in the sky. Indeed, some have noticed that the last photograph that was on a roll of film on the person of one of the victims yeah. appears to capture a giant flash in the night sky. But some people argue that might just have been like a glare or like accidental overexposure. Oh, when you'd like are taking a photo when it's snowing and then a bit of snow is right in front of the flash and then it's like poof that bit of snow blows I up. I guess. You're the film guy. Yeah. Is that what happens? I guess, yeah. <laughs> oh no, I'm thinking aliens. It was an alien it's oh, aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And you'd like try and take a photo in the snow and an alien um cuts out your tongue and takes your eyes and puts you face down in the snow and God damn, I hate when that happens. <laughs> yes, it's really annoying. Thoughts so far? Positive? Otherwise? It's a mysterious one. I don't quite know what to make of it. There's not really any explanations that I can see mm -hmm. as of now. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, that's what I kind of think is, um, yeah, like to put yourself in the shoes of the investigator on this case. Yeah. That's a pretty wild experience. Or the students that, that uh, discovered them. I don't know what you would make of that. What was their last meal? You said they they died recently after their last meal. Wasn't that bread they broke? Was it? No, that was like a couple of weeks previous. Okay. Like at that point, they've been they've been out for a long time. I think. Um, I think they brought food with them, and they'd also kind of foraged food. So there you go, crazy berries. Crazy berries. That's my hypothesis. Crazy berries, or some goddamn like insane little rabbit, and they caught the little mad hatter. <laughs> what do you? <laughs> And ate him. And Do you think all, it was an Alice in Wonderland situation? Yeah, absolutely. I think Igor's freaking real name was Alice, actually. Yeah. And he was late for an important date, and he ate the rabbit, and lost his tongue. I think freaking killed like everyone. Alice in Wonderland. Can you eat meat that's so bad that you go insane and take all your clothes off? Ooh. Uh, that's a hard Google what, search, isn't it? What? I'll just Google um, girl clothes off. <laughs> Let's just see what Winter. happens there. Uh, girl, oh, it's porn. It's a lot of porn. <laughs> I can't say I didn't yeah. want it to happen. You know what? That we'll is go, what's happened. We'll go page two. Just check. Just see what's happening. I'll add Russian. Yeah, actually, uh, link me that, and we can like cross analysis this. I'll yeah. I'll go straight to page thirty-five, and then we'll try and meet in the middle. Uh, okay, okay. Well, I'm sending you that one there. Uh huh. I'm gonna add. I know it was cold. But I'm going to put hot in there and naked. Yeah, just the, because they were naked whenever they were. Students. I'm going to put students in yeah, there. Yeah, put like co-eds or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, co-eds, hot, student, naked, Russian. That should get us to this case, I, I would imagine. Wild card, I'm going to throw jizz in there just to see what comes up in case yeah. some sort of sex accident. You know yeah. how things can get hot and heavy in the... Is that if ever, it? If everyone's in a tent together... You go up there to the woods, you have a little tent orgy. Uh, no, I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> that doesn't mean you go insane and lose a tongue. This is a good point to bring this. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here. Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Stop. One man, Donnie Icar who investigated this case and made a documentary about it, he argued that there may have been a romantic encounter that left some of them only partially clothed, but also led to a violent dispute. He said, It's highly implausible. By all indications, the group was largely harmonious, and sexual tension was confined to platonic flirtation and crushes. I think he thinks there may have been a violent orgy. Right, okay. That may be like... The seven dudes got a bit competitive over the two ladies. Right. 
that seems like reaching to me. I don't think that seems like reaching to you. <laughs> Not the orange orbs in the sky. I think aliens is more likely than horny students. <laughs> right. Personally. Okay. But just in case, we'll continue with the horny student searching. Right, right, right. Let's right. absolutely not get thrown off that. <laughs> that as much mood. as I want to Google the orbs thing, the aliens orb thing, I think we're go- we're getting somewhere at the minute with the um, yeah with the porn angle with the student angle. Yeah, uh, I think it's it's worth investigating. With the porn now. hub angle, I mean the uh, crystallinks.com. <laughs> Crystal uh, links research. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the crystal crystaldigs.com. Links, crystallinks.com. Com. Dot com. Dot com. Shit. <laughs> Can you take a five, actually? <laughs> I stand up clearly with an erection. <laughs> well, Weirdly bent over. <laughs> I'll be a minute. <laughs> Just need to think about Snowman and my brother again. <laughs> oh, it's turning into a rage erection. <laughs> the worst kind. Uh, I think that's plausible. Do you? Well, I know. So um, uh, that's a condition of hypothermia, isn't it? Like the body is convinced it's <laughs> not glorious. <laughs> you know, when the body is exposed to extreme temperatures and um, you need to get it on. When your body goes into a shock and it believes you're dying. So it sends you into a... <laughs> One last lay. Before. <laughs> not so much fight or flight, but fight or fuck. <laughs> Terrible, terrible phrase. Like an old, old grandpa telling you about like his past. He was like, it's one of those fighter f- scenarios. It's like grandpa, Granddad. that is not the phrase. What? <laughs> um, no, uh, hypothermia. The the body starts to believe that it's actually the opposite, and you become incredibly warm. And um, it's a sign of hypothermia if you actually start taking off layers of clothes. I'm glad you brought this up, so so we can get off the whole porn angle. Apparently that's called paradoxical undressing. I didn't know this technical term for that. That's also a porn site. <laughs> also, the $60 tier of our Patreon is known as paranormal undressing. You can see us in the nude, very lewd, and brood in. $150 is fight or f- You can choose to fight or f- one of us. Your choice. It's like marry kill but just two of those things fortunately every contributor has picked to fight me <laughs> and actually they're pretty big dudes they're really strong <laughs> i'm actually terrified kick my ass i'm begging for a f- <laughs> no one wants to do it because i look like shit because i've been beaten so bad it's a cycle <laughs> trying to fob them off with this paranormal life merch, but they're actually pretty dead set on the fight. <laughs> International Science Times posited that the hikers' deaths are caused by hypothermia, which can induce a behavior known as paradoxical undressing, in which the hypothermic subjects remove their clothes in response to perceived feelings of burning warmth. It is totally accepted that six of the nine hikers died of hypothermia. Part of the problem with that theory is that several in the group appear to have actually acquired additional clothing from their friends who had already died which suggests they were sound enough mind to like try and warm up yeah um so it doesn't really explain the whole nine hikers dying of were undressing were the ones that got the clothes taken off them the ones that were all smashed up i don't believe so i believe the ones that were smashed up were the ones that were trying to get back to camp. Oh, I believe okay. the ones that were undressed 
and and their friends had taken their clothes were the ones that were found buried. Right. And this is the crazy thing with this case is dive into it now, but there's like a bunch of theories about what could have happened. And the problem is none of them satisfy. So for example, lots of people have hypothesized they're in a snowy mountain. They're camped on the side of a mountain. They've been crushed. Some of them are buried under snow. It's an avalanche. Gotcha. Case oh. closed. Boom. Reporters on the site of the incident said that the mountain did not show any obvious signs of an avalanche having taken place. It would have left certain patterns of debris distributed over a wide area. The bodies found within 10 days of the event were covered with a very shallow layer of snow, and there was only a couple of the party covered in a deep layer of snow. Um, Over 100 expeditions to the region have been held since the incidents and none of them since the incident and none of them have ever reported conditions that might create an avalanche. And thankfully that more or less concludes the shitty boring theories okay. of what could have happened and I will dive into the shit hot sexy theories. Right, it's good to get those ones out of the way. We got to cover all angles. One theory is that that <laughs> that there was a wind traveling through the mountains that created what's known as a Carmen vortex which can produce infrasound capable of inducing panic attacks in humans. Wow. Is that real? So they're suggesting that it got so windy they went insane. (laughs) Right. Yeah, this guy Donnie Icar, and he suggests that it could have caused physical discomfort and mental distress and might have caused them in a panic to run out of the tent and freak out. Maybe if it happened to one or two of them, the others maybe ran out to try and get them back and then in the blizzard couldn't find their way back. That's an, uh, it's an alright theory. They're, they're pretty stretchy. I mean, me, you and me, kid, we grew up in the Windy City, Northern <laughs> Ireland. Um, Is that what they call it? Yeah, it's the, uh, borderline the windiest place on Earth. Um, That's fair. And I don't recall being that mad as a child. Yeah. Maybe it was the wrong frequency of wind. That's true. It was quite low, low wind. Was that why I was always shitting myself? <laughs> it was very <laughs> much a brown noise wind. wind. <laughs> Yeah, I know. We had that nice, like, sea breeze. Maybe if you're in, like, a mountain pass. It's just... Ah! <laughs> Sounds like hyenas everywhere at all times. It's very much an Axl Rose-esque <laughs> Welcome to the mountains! Please take off your clothes! No, 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 please! Please! <laughs> I want to take your eyes! It's, a th- it's just a theory. We're testing all the theories. It's, it's true. You know, extraordinary claims requires extraordinary evidence. Some people believe, this one's a little bit more believable to me, that there was some kind of military accident. There seem to be records of parachute mines being tested by the Russian military in the areas surrounding this mountain at the time that they were there. Apparently parachute mines detonate a meter or two before they hit the ground and would maybe produce similar damage to that experienced by the hikers. Uh, sort of heavy internal damage with very little external trauma. This might have give, given rise to the orbs that were in the sky. Yeah, I guess. It could have been some sort of aircraft or the actual bombs dropping. I guess that makes even more sense because if that was true, it would explain the lights and the government being so weird about the event because they obviously don't want to take blame for the, the death of these people. Yeah. They probably thought it was like a deserted area. So I'm like, yeah, drop some bombs on Death Mountain. And as I say, we've got kind of the plausible ones um, out of the way to make room for really the only real conclusion uh, okay. to what has happened. What, what I think is the most 
uh, believable theory. Uh, it really ties together all of the loose ends. Um, really explains all of the little intricacies of how each victim died. Hmm, I'm very excited about this. Sasquatch. Oh, God. You were telling me that... That explains so little. The blunt force trauma inflicted upon Igor and his compatriots was not that of a yeti beating down upon them with mighty force. Mighty radioactive paws. You're telling me it wasn't a radioactive yeti? That's a genuine theory? Absolutely it is. Some sort of ice beast? Absolutely. What else would live on Dead Mountain in the outback of the frozen Siberian tundra than a Sasquatch? Wolves? A bear? Real creatures? You look confused. I've never heard <laughs> of radioactive wolves in my life. Now a radioactive Sasquatch on the other hand. Can you sell me on it? Have you got any, like, what's their argument towards sassy? Gut feeling. <laughs> I don't need evidence where I'm going. <laughs> I cock a magnum. <laughs> to Siberia. Get in the Land Rover. It's a skateboard. <laughs> I said, get in. The scientist that mentioned the blunt force trauma to some of the uh, students matched that of a car crash. Right. No wolf is no. doing that. No bear is doing that. A bear could? Only you seen a the Sasquatch <laughs> could deal those kind of blows. I, a bear, absolutely a bear could do that. You see what they did to Leo? They wrecked him. That's true, but what people don't realize is Leonardo DiCaprio is a very, very small man. Not, a not only in mind and spirit, but also in stature. He's like a, I think I googled this prior to uh, uh, researching this case. He's a strong four foot five or six. The technical term is Hobbit. Yeah. Um, he is actually on a mission with a ring. Um, and in that movie, he met a bear and was destroyed by the bear. He was actually uh, struck from the casting of Lord of the Rings for being too Hobbit-like. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't really match up the other normal humans with Leonardo's <laughs> truly Hobbit-like features. It would have been a whole movie to himself, really. It would have been two layers of forced perspective. Yeah. I mean, Leo would have had to essentially been standing on the lens of the camera to make him look like the same size as the actors. He is borderline a pixel, Leo. He is so small. Industry insiders actually have let slip on um, Reddit that on the filming of The Great Gatsby, he had a freaking Gillette sponsorship to keep his freaking toes from not overgrowing into a bush of hobbit-like foot hair. <laughs> He's an actual hobbit. Uh, I would go bear before Sasquatch, personally. Uh-huh. Um, but if you have some, some fresh evidence, some fresh no-preserved evidence to deliver upon me right now, I'm, I'm ready I'm willing. Time is passing. Yeah. I'm filibustering. <laughs> Do you know what that word means? It means I sit here <laughs> until I'm right. Okay, I will concede for, for the sake of the narrative of this story that maybe the Yeti isn't the, the number one most plausible uh, excuse for what's okay. happened here. But... Listen, I'm done explaining what's happened here. I presented you with quite enough evidence about what's happened. I think you need to come to your own conclusions. What do you make of this case? It's interesting. 
It's a mysterious one. It surely is. I'm not ready to just doubt this one right off the bat. That's what I'm thinking. Um, because it's so damn weird and weirdly down to earth yeah. as, as well. It's very highly documented. I mean, this one is like the Russian state is like, yeah, we don't know. We're like, oh, your sure, guess is as yeah, good sure as ours. We don't know what happened to the mines. People, people in the mines. There were no mines. What? You said mi- Why'd you say mines then? <laughs> um, I, I think maybe something weird with the Russian government is probably the best explanation. Especially, didn't you say it was cordoned off for like four months? After the fact, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how weird that is. I'm not sure. I'm, I, I can't make my mind up, really. Well, they found everyone. Yeah. And it was still cordoned off for four months. Yeah. But with, was there activity or was it just like, this might not be safe? I mean, we should have known that the Death Mountain wasn't going to be the leisurely stroll that we thought it was going to be. I mean, they for sure shouldn't have put it in the Lonely Planet Siberia <laughs> guide. That was rude of them. <laughs> yeah, they're like, look, Death Mountain's closed down. Just take the West Road to Puppy Hill. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Wait, that's where we test the... <laughs> Nukes. Puppy Hill is nuked. Puppies <laughs> strewn hundreds of feet into the air. Yeah, I think well, I, you investigated this. What are you thinking? What's your What's your deal? Yeah, it's very tough. I don't I don't know why I um I'm like so unconvinced about them cordoning it off. I feel like I feel like to on the one hand to give them the benefit of the doubt, ten, nine people died there in mysterious circumstances with radioactive activity and their tongues ripped out of their heads. So I kind of understand why they might have cordoned it off because so they're like, let's just prevent that ever happening again right it reminds me of um do you ever see the tunguska uh, impact no it was this crazy i think it only reminds me because it happened in siberia you can look it up it was basically like a modern meteor strike but it was because it was so out in the wilderness of siberia and no one lived for hundreds of miles no one saw it happen yeah and then basically one day people just came across forest just flattened for like hundreds of miles and it was like a meteor impact just destroyed this whole area in Siberia and this is in the last hundred years there's photographs of it that's crazy and I don't know it just makes me think maybe there's some wild like cosmic explanation or like natural phenomenon like the investigator said you know he didn't he didn't say it was a yeti he didn't say it was an explosion he was like just some natural phenomenon has made this happen yeah wow but i don't know if we have to start drawing conclusions i think for me the most likely thing yeah maybe military testing something that caused them to just flee in panic and then get lost yeah i think i really want to say yes it's paranormal right but i think it's not Oh, you think there's something going on? I don't know if it was a Yeti. I don't know if it was like some sort of paranormal haunting. I think something we don't understand yet happened. I don't think it was just a landmine. I don't think it was just an avalanche. Those things, like the evidence is kind of like higgledy-piggledy. Right. I think we don't know what it is yet. And for that reason, it's unexplained. It's paranormal to me. That's a yes. That's a yes. Nice one. We finally got a yes to break our streak. Uh, I'm going no. Cool. I think it was a weird sex party that went (laughs) south real fast when they tried to go south. 
Uh, Real <laughs> I think um, these people were freaks, most wow. likely. Really um, rude. There is memorials <laughs> all over Siberia for these nine students. I think uh, something weird happened up there with them or some of them. Some of them tried to flee. Some of them froze to death. Some of them got their heads caved in. Uh, the orange lights, that's a little harder to explain. And I don't know if I can. I think that's paranormal. But I don't see enough evidence here to suggest what happened to these people being paranormal. More than fair. That's so you're saying cents. a no, you traitorous piece of shit? <laughs> I will freeze you so cold. Anyway, let's get this over with so we can continue the... Uh, right, the search. Just the, in case the there's more evidence. That's yeah. right. We need to... I think this is more of an open investigation. Right. Um, I can't wait to see the research notes for this podcast. <laughs> Which you can also see by donating as little as $2 to our Patreon, the This Paranormal Life Patreon. Quite right. If you want to see the images... Uh, all Trust me, you want to see these images. <laughs> of the uh, frozen-to-death, head-caved-in students. Frozen in the snow for time and memoriam. Just check out our show notes blog. That's on the $2 tier, plus on Patreon. For more than that, you can get into merchandise and all that stuff if you want to get totally crazy. We also have a super secret, super exclusive, very, very, very... Are we even going to talk about this? Are you serious? Whoa, shit. I forgot that this is... uh, It's a secret society. I just forgot. The Facebook society. I forgot it was... I just I thought it was like a... The Facebook Like a freaking nightclub. No, no. Super secret. This paranormal life. Facebook okay. Society. Okay, okay. It, it's sorry. a group you can join on Facebook. Okay, so I won't tell anyone. Don't tell just, anyone about it. Okay, okay, okay. We should plug it in, the, in one of these episodes. Yeah, at, at, sh- at some point. But at no, some point, yeah. We're we'll joining. Yeah. Shh, I mean, please. It, the craziest stuff's going on in there. It's crazy. Yeah, but also, shh. If you have your own thoughts about this particular episode or, or, or any of your own experiences you would like to share with us, you can send those into this Paranormal Life podcast at gmail.com. Dot com. We're on socials, Twitter at this para life. Rory's at at Rory has powers. I'm at at Kit Greer G R I E R. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash this paranormal life. And I would like to take a special moment in this podcast to thank some of the patrons who have pledged to us on Patreon. We cannot thank you enough. Thank you to Robin. Robin, you are the best bird in my life. <laughs> Simon Hogg. Simon has a hog. I've seen that. It thing. writes itself, really. It is a beast. Sarah Fee. Sarah Fee pays us a fee for our podcasting. The Patreon is what I'm implying is a fee. Jacob Bartnick. Bartnick. Jacob. It's a weird second name, but I like it. Sally Butler. Sally, you can be my butler anytime. Get me a glass of milk. <laughs> Peter Hall. Peter. Deck the halls. It's Christmas soon. It's really flawless how I can just come up with something for all these names, isn't it? It's really impressive. Cedric Voigt. Cedric Voigt. I've got no- <laughs> Cedric Voigt. He's my Voigt. Dylan Vaughn. Dylan. Dylan. Thank you so much for contributing to the Patreon. Alexander Ward. Alexander you are my favorite ward in this hospital of love. Lisa Flynn. Lisa Flynn, how dare you show your face on this podcast <laughs> Oh my god, again. not again. Johnny I... J. Johnny J, my man JJ. 
Ellen McKenzie. Ellen McKenzie, we fought together in the First World War. You are a great soldier. You are a great friend. I will treasure our moments together uh, forever. Connor Wallen. You're fucking kidding me with that, man. <laughs> Connor, say his second name one more time. Wallen. When I defected, he was the first one to call me out on it. Like a coward. Victor Moore. Victor Moore! You're the one that got me that cat for my third birthday. You are more than a friend. You're family, buddy. <laughs> David Lever. David Lever, you've got the lever on me. Don't qu don't give me those eyes, don't question it. They're not all gonna be gold, all right? Ethan Tear. You sound just like my freaking dad. <laughs> Ethan, you have reached this Patreon tier, and that reward is my undying love. Whether you want it or not, Ethan. Charlie Morrison. You're getting it, Ethan. It's coming Please in quick and on. fast. Please move on. Sorry, who was that? Charlie Morrison. Charlie Morrison. You're more than my son, Charlie. You're my friend, and I hate my son. Thank you so much to all of the people we just mentioned. And if you have not heard your name, be called out right here in the podcast. That's because we're going to do it next week. Exactly. There's only so much flawless improv I can <laughs> rattle off my dome. So, uh, you know, I need time to recharge people. <laughs> I'm actually sending that little segment as a sizzle reel to HBO, and I really <laughs> think it's going to get picked up. I really think SNL are going to want to listen to that. A piece of this. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. See you next week. Bye-bye.